Welcome. To Arcade Audio. week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Can you do, you do me a favor? Tell me bless you so I don't sneeze. Bless you. Thank you. It's like one of those like, I don't want to have to sneeze out because like it happens and it's going to be a thing. Like, and that's why I looked and I was like, the tissues are too far for me to, I'm just You're going disgusting. through a lot right now. Your the tissues are too far away. They're right next to you. They're on yeah, the. Like, you couldn't see. Like normally, I can you see can a tissue see poking up. So like it's the mental. Like oh, you could just get the effort. box. It's gonna be more of an effort even just getting the box. Like if I can't visualize it, I can't accomplish it. Chris, <laughs> if I lived my life by that motto, the only thing you'd accomplish is cheese. <laughs> I mean, there are worse things. It's very true. If, if you're new here, and you tell people what day it is, they know. No, they don't. I don't know. No, it's January 16th, 2024. Uh, I'm going to be 37 in two days. It's not that bad. By the time people are hearing this, I'm 37. It's actually not that bad. I've been 37 for two weeks. It's fine. Nothing's uh, really different. It is bad because it's been like three weeks. So you don't even have to tell time anymore. Let's be, let's be honest. Very I've true. never known As how to tell time. As evidenced by the Big Brain Academy uh, clock game. Um... Why isn't everything just digital? I could tell time on a digital clock. It's called reading. <laughs> yes, I can read. If you're new here, we're married. <laughs> we have a lot of movies. Oh, my phone's still on. That's my mother telling me she's going to bed. She has to do that every she's night. She's going to so, bed? It's 8.45. Or, or that, that, that she's settled. So she's just going to sit in her chair for six hours? Until Compared she falls to the previous however many hours? <laughs> Gotta be careful because she might actually listen to this episode. She's like, oh, oh, we don't advertise besides the Mullet Awards. Arcanator.net slash the Mullets. Available right now. Advertised on Facebook. But this might like drum up. So like, oh, I want to listen. I like this movie even though I watched it and I didn't understand what the fuck was happening. Uh, when I watched it, she might listen to this. Um, so you gotta, gotta be careful. But yeah, no, she, she texts uh, me every night to let me know that they're settled and that they're safe. Um, so that way we don't find their decaying body if they don't say anything for a few days. It's her biggest fear. Uh, yeah, it's one of those episodes. <laughs> uh, Which it's... is such a juxtaposition to, or maybe not. I think it's actually kind of very appropriate given the movie that we watched. I think it kind of is, you know, part of it. Like, you're laughing through the pain. You're, you know, I've... I've known you quite a long time. I think probably better than most people know you. Mm -hmm. And you love to make people laugh. I do, yes. Whether it's at your own expense or not. That's very true. And whether you're like raging, angry, or thoroughly depressed, or whatever inside. Is this still a podcast? And so this this is an intervention. My first therapy session. Um, But I think that's kind of like, it's kind of like appropriate. It kind of like mirrors the the movie we watched. And obviously we'll get into it when we start talking about it. But I think it's an appropriate feeling to have. 
Sure. I, I, I just wanted to make you feel a little bit better and let you know that you're valid. Your feelings are valid, and uh, I'm also valid. I'm a person. Yep, I appreciate that. You're a valid that. person, and um, I love you. Thanks, thanks. And I mean, I'm never gonna say a nice thing about you for the rest of the year. That was no, it. I'm just gonna put that on a loop. That's all this podcast is now. It's just those like thirty seconds. My, I'm never gonna say a nice thing. The about affirmation you again. I need on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next fifty. Yeah, it was just it was just back. I don't even know why I'm in that like in like a mood. It just I know why because I was back at work today. Um, after a good three day weekend yes. where we had fun, we went and did some shopping, we played a ton mm-hmm. of new games that we enjoyed. Oh, yeah, we found some real good uh, ones. We had a lazy day with Jillian yesterday where we played more games and had like a giant nerf fight. Um, yeah, and, and January is a hard month as well. It is. It Overall. Is. I, I, some big, an- some big, uh, loss anniversaries. Happened in January, right around my birthday. That's why my birthday is actually the Royal Rumble and not uh, my birth date. Um, so yeah, so all that just kind of like being back at work today. Just compound. Just com- compound sometimes. And I was like, I'm hungry. I, I've, I've, I've only had lunch today. After kind of gorging myself on the weekend of Chinese food and yummy other treats and eats. Um, yeah, so I'm just a warnery and, you know. All kind of leads us to where we are, but that's okay. We're gonna get through it. I'm wearing my new comfy Royal Rumble shirt. Um, yeah, don't pull it off my body. I you have one too. It's mine too, but you can wear that one. I'm gonna just wear them all. I don't know what you mean. Well, yeah, you wear all my shirts, and it's annoying, but that's okay. It's not. It's not annoying. No, so, you can say it's annoying. That's fine. It's not gonna stop me from doing well, no, it. No, because you're always like, "Oh, can I wear a good one?" I'm like, "Oh my, they're all good." Well, no, you have some non-really soft. When I say I good one, it's really just an homage shirt. I know. Okay, so whatever. Get rid of anything that's not homage, and then you know. I've thought about it. And you go through my shirts again. Uh, but there's never enough time to do anything, and when the time I have time to do it, I don't want to do any of it at all. And it, instead, we just watch movies and then we talk about it. Yeah, like I did today uh, while I was trying to work. I finally took the three and a half hours, which turned <laughs> into five, <laughs> which I knew it was going to. I did the same thing with the Irishman because I had to make my lunch, I had to go to the bathroom, then work actually interfered, and that's when my day turned on its head. Um, I watched Killers of the Flower Moon on Apple TV. How was it? <sighs> I said this to you earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big of a Martin Scorsese fan you are anymore. I'm a big Martin Scorsese fan when I when he when he doesn't do this no. and he doesn't do the Irishman and he, like maybe you used to be, but something's happened where now he's not making movies that. People who were his fans enjoy, seem to enjoy. No, I, I think he's doing the things that he wants to do, and that's fine. Sure, it, it's not a bad movie. I don't think he's. I don't think he's capable of making a bad. Movie. Not saying that. Not enjoyable is a little bit different. I wouldn't say like. It's hard for me to kind of diagnose what my qualms about the movie were because I don't know if this movie is meant to be like enjoyed. You know, it, it's, it's it's such a, a subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I I don't enjoy Schindler's List, but I still recognize that as one of like the greatest movies ever made because I feel like absolutely it, I feel like it had I don't know the storytelling of this was just off to me. I, I I don't know the story well enough to know like its accuracy, and that actually was one of the things I thought was fine with it because I don't know 
where the story's going, or I don't know, like, what liberties are taken or whatnot, but, right. like, kind of the, the point of view of it, just, uh, something just didn't click with me in a way where I didn't think anything but, man, that was just, that was just long and kind of boring. Like, honestly, it's up. It was just kind of long and boring. Um, mm-hmm. And it has a couple really, really confounding things that happen in it. Particularly at the end. That I, like a lot of people I think are mixed on. And I think most people like kind of really liked. And I really did not like it at all. Um, that, I don't know. I, I think if he's in this bag of... Uh, limitless storytelling late in his life that's Irishman was very much kind of allegorical about his career and putting a pin on what he was saying about crime and you know mafia and entitlement and you know all of those sort of things if this one's just him kind of being like an old white dude atoning for you know his history Mm -hmm. you know yeah mission accomplished but maybe I don't know, give it something else, too. I, he's, I think, I thought De Niro was the best part of it. De Niro was my favorite part of the movie. Um, I thought Legal Edson was good, if I'm not a little overrated. I thought DiCaprio was kind of really distracting. Really? Yeah. Um, and that's also the character, not just the performance. Um, yeah, left me, left me with just, a like, not even a taste in my mouth. Just kind of left me, like, being like, well, okay, I can say that I watched that, and... I'm I'm I don't think it deserves any awards <laughs> based off of you know everything everything that it's up against. Like if that if that were to beat anything that I've seen in the category it's in, I would I would be flummoxed as to what that category would be. Hmm. So, um, I think that's all. So not great, Bob. No, I, I again I, I don't think it's bad. I just didn't enjoy it and I didn't like it. Um, and that's that's where I land on that. Um. Not a real movie like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, let me tell you. Anybody that listens to this podcast that is like a movie head is just like, oh, well, there goes your last bit of your credibility. But you know what? I don't care. I gave Teen Wolf a 10. It was gone years ago. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so if, if you've been hearing us talk about scheduling, you know, we kind of switched it up again. Um, just because we took an opportunity to watch a movie we can watch with Jillian. We watched with her. Um, we're probably going to bump Top Gun back a few weeks because the next like three or four weeks for us are it's just, just kind of crazy, really busy and well, difficult just, between mean, family well, coming into town, the rumble, um, some work. other stuff, work. So uh, for us to watch, you know, five hours of movie and we'll do talk our best, it, but you know, we're not making promises. Yeah, it's going to be just for knockout Fruitball Station or Won't You Be My Neighbor beforehand. So yeah. um, we took the opportunity um, for only our second movie of the year. To uh, wrap up the Guardians franchise, because every time we uh, uh, buy or own a movie from a franchise we've already covered on the podcast, we put it right into the queue to knock out. So technically this year for the podcast, we've done two 2023 movies, which is weird. Uh, who reads the box for Guardians of the uh, Galaxy let me, Volume Let me three? double check that. Um, I think it's you. You read Oppenheimer. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's you. Me. Which is, there's... Not much there, so there you go. Perfect. Kind of thing I like. <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's like one sentence. Look at my glasses on here. God damn it. What was that? The remote. The remote. Oh, 
I need a drop stop for the fucking couch. You say that every time you drop something. We ha- Don't we have an extra one somewhere? It, it fits around a seatbelt. We're going to seatbelt my, my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll install a seatbelt. Brilliant end to a brilliant trilogy. Says... Oh, I can't even see that. Ian Sandwell, Digital Spy. You think that's what it says? Yes, it does. Okay. I wouldn't count that against you yeah, anyway. It's that's very, way too, very that's small. That's way too fucking small. <laughs> In Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the MCU expands to the far reaches of the galaxy. Peter Quill rallies his unlikely team to embark on a dicey, action-packed mission to protect one of their own. And a new force threatens to bring the Guardians down for good. You could have written that if you didn't watch the movie. Yeah. That, that is one of the laziest, laziest things ever. descriptions I've ever heard in my entire freaking life. Uh, so we, so you, you saw this in theaters three times. Is that my correct? Because didn't you see this with your folks too? I saw this with my parents and Jillian. And then we t- I saw this with the three with of us. Just the three of us. And then we saw it with your mom. So yeah. Correct. This was my Fourth or fifth viewing Probably of this Probably fifth, movie. because I think she's watched she's it watched on... It. Yeah, so yeah. I think this is my fifth viewing of this movie. Yeah. Um, kind of interesting time to be covering this, uh, just in terms of where we are in the MCU of it all, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not a good year. This was, this was the highlight. This was the last good MCU movie, I think, that came out. As of now. Well, As of current... To date. Well, we did not see the Marvels. Right. But. Like the rest of the world. I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like you you go and see it if it's if it's good. Especially when you have such strong I mean, that's at the predecessors. Spot. I mean, that's at the spot we're at now. What also, you kind of have to trust the brain trust. Like, what the fuck was that? Oh, my aunt was calling me. She left me a voicemail. Sorry. <laughs> um, you're going to have to trust James Gunn to kind of put a stamp on it, considering what hell he had to go through even to get this movie made based on getting fired from Disney and then signing up for DC and then getting brought back to complete this and now being back at DC. Like, he is going to want, you know, to end his baby on, like, the right note. Yeah, the way that he envisioned it. Yeah, and I, and I think, I feel like he gets more autonomy than a lot of the other filmmakers. Some might some might get it in terms of style. Like, I didn't see the Eternals, but I'm sure Chloe Zhao did a great job shooting it. Same thing with Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, his movies kind of, for the most part, normally feel like a Ryan Coogler movie. James Gunn's inside and out feel like James Gunn movies from... Cast and humor and uh, yeah. emotion All and music and whatever, you know, they are true articles to what he's doing that Marvel's been able to fit into their mold. Even maybe have taken more. If there's one thing I can say, like in the, like Infinity War or Endgame or things like that, like the, like the bits that we get the Avengers in don't feel kind of out of place. If anything, everyone else around them feels a little bit more like Guardians, and that's because these movies have kind of become just like action comedies, Absolutely. almost to a detriment where 
There's always like, a quip. There's always right. something that we're like, it doesn't seem as serious or severe as it should be when in the you're moment. thinking of like the annihilation of the world right. or whatever. So, um, so I, I'm not gonna lie. When we, when we went into this, I had trepidation just because of how down it was. Right, the, the MCU kind of was at the time. I mean, it had been like three or four movies in a row I'd seen between Ant Man and. Uh, Doctor Strange and Black Panther. And I know I'm missing another one there. The second like, Black Panther. The second Black Panther, where I'm just like. Where. Not bad. Like, and also on top of the TV shows, like right. never finishing Miss Marvel, never finishing Moon Knight, never even starting She Hulk. And uh, I mean, I, I can't even keep track. Like, I'm officially this fucking old person that doesn't know. Whereas you asked me five years ago, I'm like, oh, yes, the exact order? Or do you want it in chronological? Or do you want it. In the actual timeline in which it happens, you know, like, it, it's a steep drop-off. So I Absolutely. went into this prepared for the worst, being like, man, now even Guardians kind of sucks. And the thing that doesn't happen, this movie is great. I think this this is the best trilogy of movies. In a long time. In, not just in a long, I was going to put it in, like, the MCU context. Like, I oh, think, better I think, than the Iron Man trilogy. Yes, Better um, than the Thor trilogy. Well, because also, like, there's more, like, as of right now, there's only three, like, so it's only four. Four Thors um, in seven years ago. But, uh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, you did get me. Yeah, it, it, it stands on its own little thing, and it it really feels, like, special. And I think that's why the movie didn't, I mean, it still made like a hundred plus million dollars opening weekend, but like it was down from where the previous ones were, but then it had legs and I think ended up becoming the highest grossing of the series, which is not easy to do in the middle of what the MCU is experiencing. And also when the other two are so well, well, the first one is as well regarded as this. I personally think this is better than the second movie. I, I agree with you. I was trying to find... The My scores? scores. When, when did we watch the... Oh, it would have been that, probably around when it came them? out. So, well, the first one was one of the first episodes we did. The first Guardians, we gave it a perfect 10. Uh, yes, I'm, yeah, I, I, knew that. I know that. I'm looking for the second one. Um, I be- want to say it came out like in 2017. So it would probably be around there. I could probably... Oh, oh no. So then I don't have the spreadsheet for it. Uh, I will have it. Hold on. Let me... Is. Well, you won't have the individualized score. No, not though. individual, but the, the composite score was a 9 for um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I think is a bit high now. I would probably put it more in like the 7.5 or 8 range. Looking back, yeah. But... Um, but yeah, I think this movie does a great job at bal- doing a, good, a better balance from more recent MCU movies and even yes. past Guardians movies. In terms of, uh, like, the tone kind of being right on the money throughout. When it needs a pick-me-up from laughs, you get that. When we need to get serious and have a flashback, or we need to kind of deal with the fucking guttural trauma that that so many characters are experiencing in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it does such a great job of really not shying away from the emotions. Whether the emotions are anger or devastation or, or, or whatever the case is, it, it really, you know, hits the nail on the head when it comes to that. Um, 
And I think a large part of that is because it uses, not that other MC movies don't use music very well, Guardians in particular. Oh, absolutely has always set the bar. And I think this movie does it even more so because there are so many that it's not just background music. It's like the music like is actually happening yeah. and it just, it just immerses you even more in what's going on. And I think it, you, it chooses the right songs to help evoke those emotions and, and help you, like, basically that trigger of, like, when to feel what, like you were saying. <laughs> yeah, and even within the the world itself, I mean, music is important because you see, like, rock and the characters, like, singing and dancing, experiencing the songs that, like, mm-hmm. that have been brought to them from Peter and, like, the real world. I, it, it does a great job at that. But, no, you're 100% right. It causes you to feel and, like... Ten years ago, when this franchise launched, people were like, who the fuck's going to care about a talking raccoon and a tree? Oh and my god, don't even... I like now, have cried in every single Guardians movie. Like, they have done such a thorough job at building, like, the relationships that each other have and, like, what each other has gone through. And, like, what they mean to, to each yeah, other. Yeah, they still have to go through. It's so good. Which is funny because... It's what I just said. It's talking raccoons and it's trees. Like it, it works so well because it is just expected for you to go along for the ride. And it's something I kind of appreciate about the franchise as well in terms of its storytelling because so much of the Guardian story is like not told in the movies. Like think about like the history of the franchise. You figure. Between, like, this movie, between two and this movie, like, Nowhere becomes their base. hmm You know, uh, Cosmo is part of the team. Like, those things just, like, there's no setup for those. Like, these movies already, like, established so many new characters and have, like, such, you know, uh, do a decent job compared to others in terms of adding new elements. They've managed to just, like, allow things to be, just become naturally accepted like that. Like, I mentioned Cosmo, like... Uh, in Infinity War, like their Xandar is just wiped out, and we never really get to experience like seeing it or their reaction to it or anything. Um, and it just fucking it just works. Yeah, it just works. Now I have I've complaints on the flip side of that, where like then you still have fucking Kraglin who can't fucking whistle an arrow because I don't because he wasn't using his heart. Well, yeah, but I but how many but he years wasn't using he was past. And, you know, same thing with, like, Quill's Morning when, you know, we saw the, the Christmas special and this obviously came prior to that, like... No, this was after the Christmas special. This took place... No, the, the Christmas was prior to yeah, this, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. This took a- place after the Christmas special. But, yeah, he's mourning. But, Chris, mourning, whatever kind of mourning you're doing, there is no expiration date on it. There is no limit, you know? And, and who's to say he wasn't doing this all along? Of course. And Craglin... I mean, you have to imagine, like, they're in a in position where they've never had to do anything like this. Yeah. Sure, they've had missions, but over the years, it's been minimal, probably. True. Right? So, True. Like I said, those are, those are minor gripes. My, my biggest gripe with the movie is how often you have a character set up for their, like, 
demise. And not that I wanted it to happen, but I felt like it was used... The only time the movie... The only time throughout the movie that it gets, like, manipulatively emotionally is, like, the constant fear of, oh, I'm losing somebody. Because it's the final movie, everyone's kind of done, and James Gunn has never had a qualm about, like, you know, boffing somebody for the purposes of, of the story. Um, and then, the, like, it doesn't happen, it's like, oh, well, so he's kind of, like, used me. Like, that's kind of, like, I don't know, it rubbed me the wrong way because of how frequently it happens. I think it happens with almost every character, right? No. It happens with, it happens with Rocket. Obviously, well, obviously, throughout the entire movie, his cup, uh, his uh, that's his shtick. His, his, his uh, what's it called? The, the the kill, not the kill code, the the passcode or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the MacGuffin of the movie. Um, Groot, you want to talk about the swerves in this movie? No, Groot is like ahead within like ten minutes, um, and you're like, man, I can't. <laughs> Why gotta keep losing Groot? Drax gets like taken out at one point. Uh-huh. Uh, the big one is Quill. Like, how the fuck, like. We've seen what happens when you're in space that long. Like, he, he, we see it happen to him. He should not be able to live through that. Yeah, but Adam Warlock saved him. Uh-huh. Swerve. You're not allowed to do this anymore. Um, so it just gets exhausting. It, it just felt like a crutch to keep the audience, you know, potentially, like, on their toes and engaged throughout the movie because everyone was just assuming that we were going to lose somebody. And then nothing happens. And then it just feels like, oh, well, you, you, you didn't have the balls to do it, you know? It was just a little interesting to me. Um, same thing for with like how often they go back to the well of uh, Quill and Gamora, like, bickering about, like, how she was, and that's not her, and it, it just gets a little... It, it, okay. it gets a little padding the runtime to me at, at, at points. But those are, those are really it. Um, do you have any... Uh, Complaints or issues? Uh, no, no, no. I don't. Typical, easy to, easy to. Yeah. Easy to please Samantha. Easy to please Samantha. Well, uh-huh. I mean, I don't think I've shied away from the fact that I love this type of movie. Yeah. I love the MCU overall, although you're right. Like a lot of it has been overdone, overplayed, and everything. But the, you know, start. I don't even know what to say. It's not like the Renaissance because, like. It kind of started the genre, like, you know, the phase one, I guess, is some of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably talked about it on Guardians, and I was probably the one who skewed the Guardians score a little bit higher. Um, I think the characters are fantastic. I think the stories are really great. Um, and I just think that they did such a great job with this and having the focus be on Rocket and that you know, and his past, and then setting that up for him to be, like, the future of the Guardians. Um, and I do find it interesting that they went that way, that they tell you that, you know, Star-Lord will return, but not necessarily the Guardians are returning, because mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen Bradley Cooper, like, ever talk about, like, doing this movie. I had never seen him, like, take one photo with any other member of the cast. Like, you see Vin Diesel with, like, the rest of the cast. It's Groot. It seems like... I don't know if this is just this growing Bradley Cooper vendetta that I have. Apparently. Um, which sucks because I... I, I, I love I Bradley love Bra- Co- I, I think I, he's I, very talented. He's great, I, I think he's probably the MVP of the movie. Um, although I do have somebody else that I, I want to make a hard sell for. Um, actually, two potentially. But um, he's always nailed the emotion and subtlety of the character. And in this one, 
he does it oh, even more amazing, so than the other yeah. ones. Um, but like, it would make sense for like that to continue and not necessarily like like Quill's story to continue. But like, there's no real indication that that is the case. So I found I found that an interesting choice, and I'm curious kind of where it, it goes from there. Yeah. Um, but no, you're right. Like the amount of world building and visuals that like like bombard you in like the coolest way possible throughout this entire franchise. But I feel like really this one, it was a big snub when the shortlist for the Oscars were announced um, uh, earlier in the year and Guardians was not on there for hair and makeup when a lot of people so considered it to be uh, one of the favorites, obviously with fucking Maestro, which is it's just a nose. Um, yeah, but but uh, you, you this know. movie had the most use, prosthetics, the most yeah. prosthetics like ever used in a movie, and you see it from fucking carrot dude to like fucking carrot any, dude. Man. Anything that's happening. If in, like, I ran into carrot dude on the street, let me just tell you, you run into carrot dude on the street, you're fucking running. Comes like that. That ain't real, and that's not that's not right, Samantha. Go move. I don't know who why you found him unless you're in Times Square and it's just a good looking mask. Get out. Mm. Um. But, like, everything that happens in, like, the Orgosphere with, like, even something as simple as, like, you know, how, like, they cut their way in and, like, they have to slurp their way through the I mean, thing, it's just How the so... hands, like, kind of, like, engulf them to, like, enter a door or, like, how they're identified. Like, it all pops in a way that, like, what I imagine, like, a child watching, like, Star Wars 50 years ago. You know what I absolutely, mean? Like, absolutely. It's those, like, absolutely it's those, like little mm-hmm. minuscule, like, details But, it, like you that said, it's that world way. building. It's that world building, that immersion. It's so immersion important. Theory. That's what I'm looking It's for. so important. Um, so I, I love that sequence. Um, the first, the first, uh, like, Adam Warlock's, like, appearance, like, the first fight, um, is all very good stuff. It all delivers. It all sets on. I forgot like how quickly like the movie kind of like starts there. Yeah, it takes off real really quick. quick. You have one scene which is music, right? You have one of my favorite songs, uh, creep. creep, yeah, and and just you have this kind of like slow build up, and then all of a sudden. You off, yeah. you off to the races, and then it starts. The actions you get like. What you said, like, Quill is drunk. Like, you get kind of, like, where we are now. And then you don't stop for a while. And that first fight scene, you see how strong Adam Warlock is. You see, like, all of the other Guardians. Like, I forgot also how many fight scenes there were in this movie. I've seen this movie five times. The fight scenes in a year. But... I think I like it more and more every time I see it because the fight scenes just continue to escalate, which I think is really hard to do. Yeah. Well, then it also doesn't help that it doesn't hurt that it crescendos with Ugh. the the like the warner as they get onto the ship onto uh, the high evolutionaries like ship, and it's just the entire team. To no sleep till Brooklyn, just fucking wrecking havoc. I mean, that is one of my favorite scenes. It is absolutely cool from the minute, and you see Drax just pull that that door open, and then it is so well done. Everyone gets something Mm -hmm. in it, even little creature pee pee creature guy. 
who I love. Does he have an Does that character have a name? Yes, it's it's a it's a type of creature. What what? Please tell me what type of creature that is. Let me tell you. Hang on one yeah, second. I'm surprised you don't just have that name tattooed on you. No, I'm I'm going to. That's <laughs> it's on my list of tattoos to get and creatures to make you buy me. Mm-hmm. If there's a stuffy of it, you're gonna get one for me, so I could put him with my Morris. Over here. Yes, your Morris from Shang Chi that's been hanging out on the couch for as long as I can remember. Now yeah, yes, point. that's my that's my buddy. With his six little fucking. Shut the fuck feet up! Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! He has a face. A face has to have eyes. It doesn't have to have eyes. Who said? God. Look, let's not start. <laughs> Jillian was trying to have that conversation with me earlier, and I kept trying to tell her, Jillian, I'll talk about it with you when you're older, baby girl. Don't do not do that to me now. Yeah, so funny. What's the name of this fucking creature? Some fan you are. But anyway, um, so yeah, you're right. Like, the action and fight sequences. Like it's that just one, really great. That one is honestly just like, to me, feels like, just a cherry on the top of like the Sunday we've gotten with this entire franchise. Um, but then the movie, this movie particularly does, I'm not the biggest like flashback guy, especially like perpetual ones throughout the movie in the, in the, in the device that they use it in, in terms of like what rockets experience experiencing while he's like sedated or like trying to hang on. Um, but they all just fucking work. Like they work so they work so well, well in establishing like how unique Rocket is and how he had this family, and you can like you can see why he became the way that he is. Absolutely, based off of you know the experience he has with uh, Lila and, and Teeths and Flora, and then also like just how unhinged and like rotten and evil the High Evolutionary is. And that was like his introduction to life and. Yeah, the his world. First, his first word is fucking hurts. Like that's oh like the saddest. God. That's like the, the, the most crippling, saddening, saddened thing Devastating. ever. Devastating. Well, it's like a lot of people like people necessarily have a problem with the movie, but some people were just like, like, I, how could you watch this more than once? I, I think I'm not like the biggest softy when it comes to, like animals. So like, it it doesn't bother me in that regard. But for a lot of people. Like, the animal cruelty of it, like, that's as big of a sin as you can get. And it's, like, just so repetitious throughout this movie in terms of, you know, the implications uh, that they don't matter and they should be used for Mm -hmm. things just really, you know, hurts, uh, to kind of title back and make a pun. So, um, while the movie is flying high, doing... The things you would expect it to do, like we already mentioned, um, it also kind of nails those moments as well. Um, while also still being very, very funny. Like, I love the scene where they're at the counter-earth house. Um, <laughs> with the fucking couch? Like a, with the fucking couch? Like, in the couch. Oh my like god. A fucking it's... nebula, like, like, like in the drink, and, you know, and, <laughs> and then, trying to talk to them. What's it, what's it here for, then? Like, yeah. Uh, and then our first MCU F-bomb, which is great, uh, which is such a throw. That is my favorite. I love that. Her trying to open the car door and that they're trying to explain it because that was you and me. Jillian, in, right after the scene, Jillian said, oh, daddy, that's like how you talk to mommy. Because you're like, just open the fucking door. Open the fucking door. It's not that fucking difficult. And then Nebula gets in and she's like, your directions were very unclear. And I'm like, that's exactly how we are. Whatever. Uh, it's, I mean, but it, it's, 
Yeah, I mean, it. it's not, you're right, it's kind of like a throwaway, like that F-bomb, but it just, it works. It's just so relatable, and yeah. I think instead of, like, I think it was used really well because, come on, who hasn't, who can't relate to that? Oh, sure. You know, sure. like. Um, the movie does do typical sequel stuff where they, like, get separated and need to come back together, but it wasn't as egregious to me as it was in the, uh, the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the heart and weight of like the family core works so well, not even just from the emotional moments of like them separated or them trying to save each other, but also like the camaraderie of their, like their humor. It's like, there's His so many. His name is Blurp. Blurp, of course. And he's Blurp. a Fasaki creature. A Fasaki creature. Okay. Mm-hmm. You could just be making shit up. No, it says it right anymore. here. What's on IMDb? Anybody can write that. Well, yeah, but it's but his name is Blurp. Blurp. Cool. Great. And he's a Fasaki. Great. Uh, like, when... Man- like, anytime Mantis and Drax are on screen, I fucking love it. That- oh, my God. That relationship and their chemistry bouncing off each other. Well, like, to our point about the car, I really like what they did with Nebula and, and Quill in this movie yeah. as well. They have their own little fucking thing going on. Right. Um... And I love that like I love that Groot is like the straight man in this movie. Groot's just a fucking badass in this. Groot's just a badass. He's like, I hope that wasn't a note from Vin being like, "Hey, can we get a? Hey, uh, how hey, about Groot hold the beer? How about Groot just like a cool tree this time? It's like, all right, whatever, Mark. Mark Sinclair. Uh, well, yeah, but Groot in himself is good. Also, there's he's not necessarily. He's not a main the, the, character in this The form. humor behind it, but the humor of him and everyone now understanding him and other people Right. Not. I think it's the best in this movie compared to other ones. Oh, absolutely. Because like everyone's in it now except for like one person, and that just, that just kind of works. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, I like how the movie ends where like everyone's kind of like not okay. Like... Like they are okay, but like they're not. Like, but that's and that's because that's, 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 that's life. And like, that's, that's what I was saying earlier that's, about uh, that's a group of friends or family. Like after a certain period of time, like going their own way. Like that's how it kind of fucking is. And that's like, what I was saying earlier. It's like that's why I think, you know, it's been shit. Sometimes we go through shit, yeah. but we still come together. We still laugh. We still try to find the good in it. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes we can't. Sure. It could have been and very. It's, it's okay to not be okay all the time, and I think been, that's what this has to, has to say. It could have been really easy for them to be like, "Oh, on planet uh, Nerfer, there's a, a a reverse transmogulator that can fix that can supplant the brain of one universe's Gamora into this universe." And like, oh, I was happy, but like, no, like, it didn't like. Yeah, it sucks, but like. I bet we were fun, but, like, this isn't it. Like, this isn't the thing, you know? Like, the, yeah. And like, that, we're, I think... we're different. We're different people. And uh, Mantis is like, I don't know who I am, so I'm going to go off with, with these, these three With these giant, three giant you know, abelisks. Creatures. And, you know, Drax finds his purpose finally, and it's being a oh, dad. Yeah, it's what? It's being a dad? Yeah. My it's... favorite line of the movie is probably, I saw Nebula, who is, like, very direct, very... Um, like robotic, yeah. You know, for for a reason, and then, like, and the way Karen Gillian delivered that line of like, I I saw you today, like you're born to be a dad. You you weren't born to be a destroyer. You were born to be a dad. Yeah. 
And Jillian just looks at you and says, that's how I feel about you, Daddy. And you just bust it out. I didn't cry this time. I almost did. You were crying when Jillian said it to you. No, I cried the other two times she said to me. The other two times. <laughs> this time I was like, yeah, yeah, kid, I get it. Oh, <laughs> but it's, but I mean, jube, it's jube. just, jub jub. <laughs> he makes monkey noises. And it's just <laughs> him. <laughs> it's, a, it's not a monkey and he's doing the robot. It's so funny. David but Batista I mean, kills it. he kills it. He's having so much fun, but it's, and it goes back to like what Mantis was saying when she was defending him. Like, he he loves us, you know. What? Why yeah. is that a liability? Yeah. Well, then, and, and like he makes us laugh. Like sometimes, like not sometimes. Like that is just as important as other perceived strengths being the smartest or the strongest or whatever. Yeah. And he's also like arguably like one of the strongest ones. Oh yes, yeah. it's always driven Steve nuts on and these movies. He's like Drax is supposed to be like equal to the Hulk, and he's just a bumbling idiot. <laughs> causes most of the time more problems than not uh but yeah but that's we all have that person in our lives and i would say that person's name now but i don't feel like editing it um but but and then that's also why i think i enjoy so many of the scenes in this movie like with um the sentry guards like the Nate when nathan fillion as the as leader and he's like yeah. i got one of those guys too <laughs> i got one of those Fucking fuck. Yeah. Like, everyone has one. You're exactly right. Like, doesn't even matter. And then Groot says that he loves... Ugh. And I read... Did you read the same thing I did? Yeah, I want to address it because I remember, like, in the moment, some people being upset about... Not necessarily upset about it, but they're like, what the fuck? Why now? And it's like, no, no, no. You're you're misinterpreting it. Right, right. He still said, I am Groot. But but now... But for the audience, it's like, we can understand what he's saying now after all this point. And what he is saying... Is that he loves them, right? So that's I, oh, I love that. That's, I loved that. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. And then you get the f- the final dog days are over song from Florence and the Machine, and then oh. you get you know the dancing. going back to Earth and the dancing, and it all just it all just fucking it all just works. It's a, it's a perfect little it's cap. Beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's it's heartbreaking, and it is you know has some optimism to it. It's just really well done. It's so just authentic, even though it's a movie about a talking raccoon and a tree and aliens and all, you know, like it, it is probably the least grounded of the MCU, right? Like on the, uh, on the surface. Yeah. If you were to look, if you were were judging a book by its cover, then yes, yes, you are correct. But it is to me, feels the most authentic. And I think that's mm-hmm. always been my reaction to these movies since even the first one. Yeah. Well, that's why James Gunn's James really Gunn's fucking good at what he so does. so good at what he, he does. Can, he can be gross and weird and silly and stupid, but he also, at the core, knows how to tell a story. That's why I'm fucking... I'm jacked for a Superman movie because if mm. he can nail... If he can fucking crack that nut that's been unable to be cracked and fucking... 25, 30 years at this point. I mean, like, if anyone can golden. do it, if anyone can do it, I'm hoping he, he can. I think so. Um, all right, let's get into some performances here. Uh, MVP and LVP. Where do you want to start? I will say, so uh, Guardians 2, the MVP of that movie was Dave Bautista. The LVP was Sylvester Stallone. For Guardians 1, the MVP of the movie, I believe, was Chris Pratt. Let me find that from very early on. It is. Yep. And the LVP was Benicio Del Toro. 
Um, so where do you want to start here, MVP and LVP? I got a little list for both. We could start with LVP. That might be easier. Who do you Who are you thinking? Um, I th- well, maybe or maybe it's not. Maybe it's going to be a little bit harder. I think that the core cast of this all did a really good job. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. The co- core guardians, but then also, um, like the core antagonists as well. So. The High Evolutionary, I, I, I'm just going to call him Chuck. That's what everyone calls him, Chuck. I, oh, good, because I was like, I'm not saying... It's I've like re- Chuck Woody something or other. Chuck Woody Awuji, but I'm really glad his name was not on the back of the box. I'm just going to go go out on a limb and say it. I could argue that I think he should be the MVP of the movie. Oh, my goodness. He is he fantastic. Is so wonderful. And I think we've been saying that a lot lately about the villains... When there are actually villains in a movie. When you have somebody, when you have somebody that doesn't get redeemed, that's awful. That It's like, okay yeah, for that to it, be the it case. It heightens and it, it helps the overall feeling and emotion of the movie. I, you could argue, if we're, if we're breaking it down by like value in the movie, like if that character isn't as maniacal and sadistic and crazy as they are like when he's like mocking like like rocket crying and picking on fucking simple english and like doing these grand sweeping like and speeches about like his importance and what he's doing for there is no god that's why i stepped in and just like that that arrogance and that I think I've kind of talked myself into I think it's him over Bradley Cooper now I I mean it's, Bradley Cooper's great they both are so great in this but bringing this villain to life is is not easy I mean we said that like we said it in the second one you know ego was a good ego was a good villain could it have been better yeah. You know, like I mean, I think he's the best villain. I mean, he's better than Ronan, and he's better than Ego. Oh, absolutely! Um, he's the best villain so and I, far. And I think, I think better than the Sovereign, right? Yeah. And it's and, and it's it comes like, and it comes down to the, and it comes down to the performance also. And you figured like he's in an unenviable, an unenviable position in terms of like this is the last one. You got to make it fucking count, and he he makes it fucking count. He does. Um, he does. So my list were him. Bradley Cooper, yep. like I said, like the emotion and the subtlety of like what he does with his voice in that character. I mean, he technically did it more than anybody else in this movie because he technically did have an extra full movie with Endgame to to do it. Um, my third one was going to be Karen Gillan as Nebula. I think she really shines in this one in terms of a great job. how that character has evolved. evolved from the first movie to now in terms of like. When she smiles or when she does say something funny or when she is reacting to something. Um, it hits. It, 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 it hits. It, she makes you feel exactly what it's meant to be felt when, for a character that really doesn't feel anything. Exactly. When they're on the intercoms, when like, you know, they're on the ship yep. and Rocket says something and she hears that and she just stops and like her hand goes to her mouth and like her eyes well up. Like, yep. you feel that shit. Mm-hmm. Like that... Is so hard to do, 
Without saying anything. Like, yeah. you knew. Especially being caked under makeup. Caked under makeup. Instead of the character that Part you robotic. are. Like, yeah. You're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. She's a great those, a would great be my, those would be my top three for the I, I totally agree with you. Um, we have to I name totally one. agree with you. I mean, I think we talked about Chuck being it. Chuck being it. But... All right, we're going to go with Chuck Woody Awuji. Who? I'm, so it's C-H-U-K-W-U-D-I. So I would say Chuck Woody. Chuck Woody. I W U J I, Iwuji. Iwuji. Chuck Woody Iwuji. Chuck Woody Iwuji. I'm just gonna Chuck. Good job, Chuck. Um, and that's also, that's also without bias because I loved him as Mern on Peacemaker as well. Absolutely. Um, he's just awesome. He's like a classic Shakespearean actor who's you know just absolutely crushing in everything he does. So, um, we're gonna go with him MVP. Bradley Cooper and Karen Gillan right there. I mean. Batista's still awesome in this. Oh, absolutely. I think Mantis No one could great. do that character like like Batista yeah. does that character. I remember in Guardians 2, I had a small side pitch for Chris Pratt to potentially be an LVP. I think he was good in this. I think he kind of course corrected some of the stuff that he did in the second one where he was like trying too much. In this one, he felt, you know, more, again, kind of more like a straight man in terms of He's a little bit hard in the experiences he's been through. He has to necessarily be the way that he is while still retaining some of that classic Chris Pratt quips and charms. Um, so yeah, uh, LVP. So I have two, really. I have a third one just in case that you, you poo-pooed either one of these. Uh, my first one is Sean Gunn as Craglin. Hmm. In this movie, it finally stood out to me that he is there due to nepotism. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason why that couldn't have been another better actor. And I don't like his kind of like permanent like uh, like voice. Um, I, I think that Maria Bakalova carries like their kind of repertoire in terms of like her reacting to him calling him a bad dog. He just, he stick, he stands out whenever he's around. And he's not around a lot. I and was gonna I feel say it's that. almost purposeful because I don't think he's necessarily that good. Um, so he is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to say Will Poulter, I'm going to punch you. No, I love Will Poulter. Okay, good. Because no. we didn't talk about it. No. He does a really I great wish job. I wish he was in it more. I really wish he was in it more. I think he does such a great job of bringing a lot of comedic honesty Yeah, he's to just a it. big, dumb baby, essentially. Big, dumb baby. It works. Big, dumb baby. No, I didn't write him down because ultimately I, I wanted him a more of an yeah, impact. Yeah, I want. Okay, good. I, I meant to touch on it when we were talking about, like, where the Guardians goes from here earlier on with, like, kind of their end. Like, like, he should be, like, a big part of, like, this franchise's future. Like, I feel like he could be, like, the next Hemsworth in terms of, Comedy and also physical presence and also a good actor. I like, agree. It, he it, checks all of the boxes yeah. and he's really come a long way since uh, Where the Millers, yeah. I think. Um, no, my other person I was going to mention was Sylvester Stallone again. Because it is maybe the most phoned in three, four, five, six lines I've ever seen in a movie ever. What you gonna do? He is so... Like, like Sylvester Stallone. He... Messes up your lines. He somehow outstallones himself in this. You can't outstallone a Stallone. The only and like so this is 
this is difficult to talk through because I'm biased and like I want to go with Sean Gunn more than Stallone because of what I saw Stallone do in the bloopers we watched afterwards where he's just saying like things to Batista about his eye color and like that's so much better than anything he did in the movie. But what he does in the movie is just like, why are you still here? <laughs> like, why are like, you still the like, leader of of the Ravengers? Like, why did you still like what? There, you have no value here. Like, it doesn't matter that this is Sylvester Stallone, and it's distracting that it's you because you're just gonna do the same things over. Why does your Why does your <laughs> Sylvester Stallone sound like your Mark Sinclair? Because he was he laid the groundwork. <laughs> <laughs> for what Vin Diesel has done from here on in. Uh, I mean, he's he's that bad in that, like, normally we talk about a character where, like, oh, well, you know, they were only, you know, like, for, like, one scene. It's, like, four or five lines. It's like, no, oh, but, like, when you're four or five lines and you're Sylvester Stallone, you kind of need to make those count, and I don't think that he does. So yeah. those are my two. I'm willing to hear other... other... No, no, I, I mean, I think that, uh, I think you're uh, pretty good. Um, I mean, I didn't like necessarily either one of like the high evolutionaries too, like assistants. Oh, the recorder people. Yeah, they especially the female. Like, I felt like if she's gonna stand up at the end, she needed to have like bigger, flashier spots and moments. But... Yeah, if the guy had stood up, I think it would have been more believable. And I hate that I had to say that. Yeah. To be quite uh, honest. So yeah, but I think it's one of the other two. So who do you who do you want to go with here? Let's go with Sylvester. That's that's fine. <laughs> All right, so I think Stallone finally just broke a fucking record. Hold on, let me look. If anyone was going to do it, I think it's got to be him. Uh, yep, there he is. Our first three-time LVP in Married with Movies really? history. We don't have any other three-timers? We have a big old page of twos, but after no, three 473 times. episodes, Sylvester Stallone is our first three-time LVP, which is appropriate because I do believe he is like the most nominated, like, Razzie performer. Hold on. Is it Ever? Him or, is it him or Sandler? Hold on. Let me look at Razzie records. I mean, but Sandler, you got to think, would have it for, like, multiple roles in some movies. The, 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 like, that Jack and, like that Jack and Jill movie, right? Did he get it for Jack and Jill? Uh, yes, he did. Okay. <laughs> uh, recipients, no, hold on. I want to find uh, most... Uh, for, just let me get the fucking... What, you can't find any fucking stats here? Come on. Categories, other awards, ceremonies, notes. All right, hold on. So, most Razzie. Sylvester Stallone most. holds the record with 18 Golden Raspberry nominations and five, and five wins. wins. He received the worst actor of the century award for 99.5% of everything he's ever done. Yep. Um, and I believe... The, and uh, then Madonna, Madonna has nine. Here. Yep. Paris Hilton has five. Adam Sandler has five, Polly Shore has four, Bo Derek has four, Demi Moore has four, and Ben Affleck has four. When do, I'm actually curious when the, the awards are announced here. Uh, January 22nd, so next week. That'll be exciting. And then Eddie Murphy has four, and Pia Zadora has four. Um, so there you go, Stallone. You're, first, you're the first in Married Movies to have a three-time LVP award. His other two were for... Guardians, and I think he gave him for one of the Rockies. Uh, that that's checks out. Yeah, and then obviously no, uh, still no multi-time MVP for Bradley Cooper, even though he technically has a should have been MVP from the the Mullet Awards that we did for Guardians way back in the way back in the day. But those don't count; those aren't official. Um, awesome. 
Well, again, this is the only MCU films we've done, and I'm we're not going to get into the argument of should we now have to do the other ones because I mean I feel like we really should. They are not. They are movies. They are. They're, they're in the same universe. We will come a time when whenever we draw one, we will cross that bridge. There will come a time when half of our movies will just be those fucking movies. It's going to be inevitable, just like well, Thanos himself. And, and so when we get there, we'll get there. But well, for now, I know. But Jillian pretty soon is going to want to watch them all, and we're going to have to watch them from the beginning with her. We might as well do that and I don't have do to them be the on the show. Whole, the, it's going to be the whole podcast. I know, but the we whole might as year. Well, if we're going to watch them with her, we might as well do it on the show. Kill two birds with one stone. That's efficiency. That's the definition of efficiency. It's something you would not know anything about. <laughs> Fucking excuse me. <laughs> uh, we'll cross over when we come to it. Uh, but for now, is there anything else on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? Um, I think we covered everything. I think we covered everything just, yeah, all around great, yeah. Well, all great. Give me a, uh, I mean, I, I love this score. movie. I mean, I've seen it five times <laughs> in a very short time frame and I really thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's got so much heart, has so much humor, is really well done from a technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. With the hair and makeup, prosthetics, Ray CGI, the directing is on point, the acting, the ensemble is great, music, obviously. I'm giving this movie a 10. Wow. I okay. really like this movie a lot. Um, as much as the first one. That's awesome. Uh, I don't like it as much as the first one, but that's because the first one was such a breath of fresh air out of nowhere, like, ha in ha. the moment type thing. Ha ha. Out of nowhere. And they're out of nowhere uh, now? Yeah. You're not as clever as you try to be. I, I wish I was that clever to do that on purpose. Um, and like I mentioned before, I have some qualms with some of the ways in which the story kind of man, is manipulative uh, for its audience's emotions and feelings for where it's going. But I do think it's better than Guardians 2. I wish I knew what that score was. I'm giving this movie a 9. Um... Because it is an excellent end to, I think, what is one of the greatest film trilogies I've ever made, which is saying something. Saying something. So a nine and a half for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which would put it, on average, better than Guardians 2. So uh, all... What a, what a year so far. I mean, yeah, we got a ten and a nine and a half. And look, we got... We don't have anything currently coming on the pike that's bad. We got the Top Gun franchise, Won't You Be My Neighbor, Fruitball Station, and then we got the Jackass movies. So, <laughs> and you have to rate you have to rank those honestly and truthfully. Oh, I will. Based off of what you're seeing, and if you if you if I'm you, not gonna if you I'm don't, falling asleep in them. You're not falling asleep. Also, they're really they're so short. We could really knock out one right now. No, I'm not to. going to watch one right <laughs> now. They're really short. They're like eighty five ninety. Great. Minutes. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> uh. So yeah, so we will be tackling all of that um, over the next few weeks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Married w Movies on Twitter. Married Movies at gmail.com. That's what think of the show. And particularly right now, arcadeaudio.net slash the mullet so you can vote in the 2023 Mullet Award poll, 
We've got a Vote lot. Vote for all my stuff. We've got a lot of votes in already, and things are already very, very, very interesting. Oh, gosh. Um, yes. I don't like how you say that ever. No, I mean, it's, uh, we got some interesting, interesting results thus far. That's all I'm going to say. So make sure to tell your friends. Go in and vote if you haven't already. Uh, you have a couple months before we announce the winners. And uh, I look forward to unveiling the results after the Academy Awards in March. You can find me at your host, Malt30, on Instagram for you. At Jam with your Sam. And uh, yeah, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, babe. Thanks, babe. I love you. I love you too. I'm 37. I didn't sigh because I was already sighing because I was going to say that I'm 37. So that's a much sadder fact than my love for you. I would hope so. Yeah, it is. I mean, it depends on who you're asking. It's just so 37. It's just such a long... Like, who the fuck's 37? You. What other... What, and what, I. What other famous people are 37? Chris, don't look it up because there's going to be a lot of those famous, famous people that are way younger than us and it's going to make me throw up. Famous... 37-year-olds? Nope. If I can type famous, don't do it. Famous people born... In 1987. Here's everyone famous. It's turning 37 this year. Okay. Uh, Evan Peters. Hilary Duff. Zac Efron. Yeah, yeah. I Blake feel... Lively. Yeah. This is a bad idea. Bla- Blake Lively. Evan Jonas. Evan yeah. Rachel Wood. Uh-huh. Aaron Carter, he's dead. Well, he would have been 37. He would have been at the end of the year. Uh, Frank Ocean. Rob Kardashian. Bow Wow. Yeah. Wiz Khalifa. See, look. Maria Sharapova. Maria Sharapova is only turning 37? That she, can't be right. God damn, I'm older than Maria Sharapova? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All Christian right. Cavallari. Tim Tebow. I'm older than Tim Tebow. Yeah, Chris, we were in school Kelly, at the Kelly. same time. Kelly Kelly. I'm th- she's three days older than me. Happy birthday, Kelly Kelly. Ha-ha! Yesterday. Yes, I'm Happy younger birth- than Kelly Kelly. I can deal with this. She's been married twice. What? Why did you have to put that in there? Well, it's another negative against her. I can okay. maintain a marriage. Whoever, Not if you keep on this track that you're on right now, sir. Whoever Afrojack is. You don't know Afrojack? Nope. Amanda Knox, isn't that the, the war criminal? <laughs> I, this is, this is getting all out of hand, sir. Michael B. Jordan, Lionel Messi. Tom Felton, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. And Chris Mullet. I'm way down here. I'm in between, um, let me find somebody funny to say I'm in between, um, Becky Lynch and Elliot Page. Why is Elliot Page so low? Oh, and Snooki. That's been all for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Oh, and Karen Gillan. Oh, that? Yeah, tied it all in. There we go. Uh, I'm so old. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.